This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. It's the co-host of this podcast, so the always guest right now, it's Sarah Scrimshaw. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Thank you for being here on our podcast. I'm happy to be here. Are you happy to be in our home? I am. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that was a loaded question on purpose I'm I, sorry. yeah no i'm i'm happy to be in our home and also you know it'd be great if someday we didn't have to always be in our home in order to be safe yeah yeah even though i love our home it's yeah. not about our home yeah it's about I like the being world safe in our home and safe outside yeah both of those things are nice yeah <laughs> wouldn't both of those things <laughs> be nice uh we are gonna have a, a fun conversation yeah today. <laughs> I realize <laughs> that I did not say that with great confidence. I think we're very much going to have a fun conversation. Uh, but the topic is kind of different. We're going to talk about the post office. Yes, and uh, as always, we're going to start with some caveats. We were talking about the post office because it's a fun thing that I think I am not uh, deeply obsessed with. You might be some level obsessed. So we'll definitely check on those numbers at the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason that it occurred to us is I think uh, I will speak for myself and then I will let you uh, say wh- what you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am having a hard time focusing on anything else uh, given the general state of our world uh, and on on Obsessed, try to balance having some episodes that are just fun in, es- in escapism if people need a break from things and other episodes where I just need to be a little bit more honest where like it's hard for me to look away from uh, the potential destruction of democracy. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And so I think talking about the post office sounded great because the actual post office itself is fun and intriguing and inspiring and all sorts of great things to talk about. So there definitely will be that. But it is also coming from a place of, uh, I can't talk about, you know, random thing this week. I need to talk about something that I feel like makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm coming from. How are you feeling about <laughs> where we're, where you're coming from on this episode of the podcast? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm in a, a similar position where I um, am happy to talk about the post office. I'm actually very excited to talk about the post office today, but it also felt very uh, timely because it's been in the news a lot, um, even before the the immediate issues right now of, um, you know, sorters being removed and all that, but just with kind of um, the post office being in trouble has been in the headlines a lot since uh, coronavirus hit us here. And um, and certainly has been in the news a lot and also seemed like a good week to have a topic that was related to, uh, you know, exterior events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, not the word I meant, but it's the word that came out. So. Yeah, exterior to our bodies, to our apartment. <laughs> yeah, although they affect both of those things too. They so, actually you do, know, yes. External so, events. This is an internal topic and an external topic, <laughs> uh, the post office. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I know we have some, uh, a variety of listeners here on the podcast, but, uh, just so there's no ambiguity. Yeah, this is blatantly political. <laughs> and I want to just, uh, start with that. We are just going to talk about the post office in general mm-hmm. and kind of work through our cultural associations with it, how we feel about it, our personal experiences, uh, obsession levels, all that. But I just want to start with the, the blatantly political. H- how do you feel about the post office being under just 
actual attack by the Trump administration, uh, removing sorting machines, uh, slowing down the mail. Um, the current uh, person in charge was very, very defiant in hearings about making any changes and yeah. all that kind of thing. Well, I feel pretty strongly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the post office is enshrined in the Constitution. It predates the existence of the country of the United States. It was formed during uh, one of the Continental Congresses. Um, not that that, you know, necess- like not that it predates the U.S. necessarily is like must be saved, but it's in the Constitution, which means that uh, it needs to be a giant deal if anything changes to it. And um, and I think it needs to be protected. In particular, part of what needs to be protected is, um, you know, this was something that was kind of expanded later, but the idea that all people receive mail. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the methods of means of that have changed over the years, but it comes down to um, kind of one of the you know p- fundamental principles that actually is part of the cool and awesome history of the post office is this idea that the post office should be used to get information to the people, and uh, I really firmly believe in that uh, because to me it is in, honestly I think. I'll say this without having thought about it a lot, so I'll go back and think about this after I say it. <laughs> I feel like it is one of the pillars of democracy and uh, needs to stay yes. standing. Okay, man, that was uh, that was amazingly uh, well said. I, I fully support your <laughs> post office stump speech. That was great. And I think, um, yeah, we'll dig into it a little bit more of it being a pillar and it being a, a pillar of our uh, democracy that seems to actually function fairly well overall and to trace it back to that idea of yeah we are one nation even though that you know we're united states and lots of different ways of living you know rural and urban and suburb and all these things uh but that this is one of the things that connects us that the it, you can get a message an idea information we can communicate those things shockingly fast still you know mm-hmm. and to hear you describe it kind of the way the early internet was described of it's going to be an information superhighway <laughs> and to imagine like we're going to be able to send our thoughts back and forth real quick like some kind of information superhighway <laughs> you know back in the day is is pretty moving and important um yeah and i think that's the thing for me too of like you touched on this of hey yeah just because something's been around for a while that it does not mean it should stay cuz it's been around for a while if something isn't working I absolutely think it should be debated, discussed, weighed in on by the people. Uh, But that is not what's happening here. No. It is a unilateral attack because uh, Trump is a wannabe tyrant who wants to slow down the mail uh, because he is afraid of voting by mail uh, during a pandemic. And as many people uh, have researched and assumed, he also has some weird hang up about it because uh, of a beef with Jeff Bezos. (laughs) <laughs> that he thinks that Amazon success is entirely tied to the post office, and he feels like the Washington Post, also owned by Bezos, you know, calls him Trump out when he says blatant lies, and that hurts his little feelings. So this institution that you described so eloquently should go away. Mm-hmm. And like, there's plenty to be discussed about Bezos and Amazon and all that kind of stuff. But again, that's not what's going on. It is that this one wannabe tyrant is trying to demolish something that has existed since before the country because mm-hmm. he wants it 
period, yeah. for his own selfish reasons. And he's hurting people actively. Very, very actively. And the thing is about institutions is what's being sent comes and goes. I mean, there is outrage over all of the Netflix discs. Right. How many people still get Netflix discs through the mail? <laughs> we occasionally do. But most people, you know, I mean, like, that's you and no I, longer. once or twice a year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's no longer the big thing. But that was a huge deal. Um, and because people felt like the post office had been ripped off because of the, you know, whatever contract had been set up when it wasn't as big of a deal. And I feel like the institution stays. The institution needs to stay because it is more than what it's delivering. And it is more than a current president. Yeah. Yes. The post office has been here way longer than Donald Trump has been president. <laughs> um, you know, I just, it's, it is bigger than than him and he doesn't like that. Yeah. I like our two act here where you say things calmly <laughs> and I lose it a little bit. I think that's a good balance. Uh, I think the other caveat that we wanted to give is that uh, you, I think, know more about the post office in its history than I do. I am not a super expert by any means. Oh, I here's what I know is um, I will we'll talk about. I've been interested in the post office, but I certainly am like... I'm the like, oh, I've read like three or four articles level of um, <laughs> deep knowledge. It's not deep, deep knowledge. Okay. But if you so, wanted more knowledge, someone could mail it to you. They could because there's a bunch of cool books about the history of the post office. <laughs> All right. So uh, so let's, uh, let's get uh, into uh, discussing the post office itself now that we've really had uh, our, our caveats. Uh, I want to start with the uh, the unofficial creed. I did look this up so I could understand it better. Oh, yeah. Um, so the unofficial creed uh, that many people are familiar with, I'm going to read. Uh, Neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays these couriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. Um, and a, a lot of people think that that is an official motto. I looked it up. Uh, it was carved onto a building is a cool quote, uh, the General Post Office building uh, in Manhattan in 1912. Oh, and wow. it is adapted uh, from uh, an ancient text, a Greek text, I believe. Oh, interesting. Um, so it is something that people have associated with the post office. And it sounds like the post office relationship has been like, yeah, it's on one of our main buildings. We really like it. It isn't our official motto. And sometimes we do actually <laughs> have to pause the mail for weather. It happens sometimes. <laughs> but the spirit of it's swell and we like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you think of that creed? Is that one of your main associations with the post office? Um, I wouldn't say. I, I made like it's a secondary uh, okay. association. Like I wouldn't say it's one of my the first things I think of. But then when I think about like mail carriers and just the ongoing continuance of the mail, then, yeah, I mean, and certainly during these times right now, um, you know, mail delivery workers are essential services because the mail has continued to come to all of us, which is amazing and wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's a power in it for me because, again, just kind of owning my cultural perception, it it sounds like a superhero thing. It sounds like, you know, it, it it's got some relationship to the Green Lantern's motto. Brightest <laughs> <laughs> day and darkest night. I will deliver the mail with my ring. Um, so, I mean, there is, uh, it just sounds colorful and fantastic. But 
even though it is, you know, like, yeah, the post office is like, no, sometimes we actually do. Uh, yeah, we're not delivering mail during a hurricane. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, ab- you know, so absolutely it is not like 100% accurate. But it captures a spirit that doesn't feel like BS to me because I, ha- you know, particularly living in Minnesota, I have watched from my window <laughs> in the safety of the warmth, uh, you know, home. A postal carrier, a post office worker trudging through horrific cold in horrific amounts of snow and, you know, smashing through (laughs) the snow when people hadn't shoveled and it is Mm -hmm. up to their hips. I have watched people, you know, literally kind of press on and do the work. So there is something to me in that spirit that is like, I think for me, along with all the other reasons that we listed, that spirit is also why, like, somebody to me is lazy and incompetent and does not work hard, does not do his own work, Trump, attacking these people. There's something in that spirit of that, of these are a lot of, you know, people working very, very hard to accomplish a thing that works shockingly well most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think there, that's the reason that, that that motto has been in my head a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I absolutely agree about especially living in in Minnesota and getting to see peop- mail carriers continue to deliver the mail and, you know, have their trucks get stuck. And, you know, it's not like they have snowplows on their trucks, but they make it through anyway. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, general cultural associations. You said that one was many, maybe second down. Uh, What are your big cultural associations with the post office? Uh, You know, when when you think of it, what comes to mind? Yeah, I I think I often think of like the physical buildings of the post office first. Mm. Um, I really, (laughs) I like post offices, like as a as a building, as a cultural gathering point even though they aren't really that anymore I think I have fond memories of going to the post office when I was a little kid and um you know throughout my life have often stopped at post offices and I kind of there's just something about that that I like that experience of (laughs) going to the post office which uh, I know is not an experience a lot of people like, and I don't always like it. Like, there's plenty of days where okay. it's like, oh, I have to go to the post office, and I'm going to complain a lot about it. But yeah, I was um, going to ask you more about experiences <laughs> in the post office. So, so yeah. we will come back to more full details of why you enjoy physically going to the post office. Um, yeah, but is that that's your main cultural association? Is just literally the buildings? Well, I think we, no. I mean, it's you and you said when you say post office, what do you think? So that's the first mm. um, image that comes into okay, mind. Okay, got, like, got it. Um, when I was little, we lived in a small town, so it had you know, like you went to the post office for the town, and it was one of those big, beautiful, you know, buildings with columns and all of that. So it felt like an experience, um, and it was also. I mean, I don't think we went that often but it was also near the library which was basically my favorite place to go <laughs> so um you know so i have that kind of like oh this is a place of importance mm, yeah but it's also cool and beautiful and a lot of you know obviously i'm a, a fan and enthusiast of historic buildings and architecture and that sense of place mm. that's within those buildings so um when you say post office i think a lot of that, even though a lot of the post offices that I actually like that I've gone to as an adult tend to be the one story buildings that aren't that anything fancy. <laughs> yeah, they're DMVs uh, Pretty in much. design. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're exactly. Not, they're just little government buildings. But you first experienced it as like 
sort of hallowed hall, a, you know, a, a, a beautiful building tribute to democracy kind of building. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so then I would say after that, the next thing is the, you know, the the mail carrier delivering always. Okay. <laughs> through mail, through sweet, sleet, through mail, through <laughs> sleet, through snow, through darkest night. I hadn't known that part was in there. Yeah. Oh, through, uh, nor gloom of night gloom stays. Gloom of night. I yeah. love it. Oh, I like, yeah. That yeah. Is, it's, it's like, we're not afraid of vampires. <laughs> we'll deliver mail in the gloom of night. Um, that makes total sense. Do you mean when you say cultural associations... Uh, you talk about the building as kind of image, but also that you experienced it. When you talk about uh, the cultural association being the postal worker, do you think of that is a in a sort of a general image or like specifics? Do you met, do you, do you picture it when you say that as like a just an actual day to day human being, or do you picture it as sort of like the idealized, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this uh, titan marching through snow? Um, probably both. Okay. Like a combination of, you know, oh, it's a nice summer day and the person walking down the street with a 50 pound bag of mail on their back, um, or the person trying to get through, you know, bad roads or something like that. And also just the kind of general idea of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. That makes sense. For me, um, I think the main cultural association, I just have to be honest, is Cliff Clavin. Uh, which has <laughs> both great things about it and, and uh, not, uh, I wouldn't even say bad things about it. I think uh, I grew up watching Cheers. I think I, I've been rewatching some episodes and remembering how fundamental uh, to my writing, particularly uh, my playwriting, Cheers is because, you know, for the most part, Cheers is happening at a bar. Every once in a while, they go to other places. But for the most part, it's very much a, you know, 20 ish minute one act play every week. Uh, so it is extremely sort of fundamental to me. It is. It was on at uh, 10.30 right after the news every night for years and years and years. And there are episodes of Cheers that I haven't seen in maybe 15 years. But if I watch them now, I can remember at least 50% of the time what the next line is going to be. Like, wow. I know Cheers uh, yeah. really well. So Cliff Clavin is not just like, oh, yeah, he's that guy who's floating around in in culture. Like, I have spent (laughs) a tremendous amount of time uh, with Cliff Clavin. And I think there's something, there is something in the jokes that are made about him that it isn't really the, there are plenty of jokes at the expense of the post office. Mm -hmm. But the essential joke with Cliff Clavin is he is a bit of a blowhard. He is, to my reading, a little bit of a uh, victim of uh, sort of the toxicity of being a man, which Cheers uh, plays with a lot, that a man is somebody who is strong and, you know, women fall in love with instantly and is extremely knowledgeable. And Cliff wants to be all of these things. He wants to be this model of a man. And he would be like that if he had any job. I mean, a lot of the jokes about the post office are about Cliff Clavin mapping his own issues over the post office and wanting to make the post office be as, you know, uh, stereotypically manly and important as like being in the military or being a police officer. Like that's where a lot of the jokes come from about like that, like uh, how much he respects the uniform and is a fellow, you know, man in uniform. And, you know, uh, so I don't I think I grew up with a lot of like it's fun to poke fun at the post office, but it was on that sort of like. Uh, that's where the comedy contrast came from of, well, yeah, the 
there's actually a lot to be respected about the post office. It is actually an important institution, but it is in a way this like, but let's kind of have some fun with it because it's like this, from lack of a better term, mom and pop solid, you know, just pillar of democracy. It's not this incredible, you know, aggressive, sexy thing <laughs> that right. that Cliff Clavin wants it to be mm-hmm. and in a way that. You know, because I, I was kind of going through this examining, like, if Cliff Clavin is one of my primary associations, why do I feel so positively about the <laughs> post office and kind of trying to drill down into what are the actual jokes? And there are definitely some just at the expense of the post office about, you know, mail carriers mixing things up or that. But but they don't land that harsh because there are jokes like that about every institution in that gets touched on in Cheers because it's, you know, a sitcom of that era. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that there is something about the Cliff Clavin character that makes uh, the post office human and relatable. And even for all of the jokes about him and jokes about it, he does take such huge pride in it that it's hard to walk away from it. Also, without just having that sense of it's it is actually a hard, weird job in, you know, you should take pride in it, you mm-hmm. know. There are a lot of jokes about all of the defenses he has to come up with uh, for being attacked by dogs, <laughs> things like that. That is, again, kind of like, let's poke fun at the job. It also is a slight reminder of like, yeah, no, that's a that's a terrible. <laughs> that's a rough job. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you know, something you do have to be kind of, you know, quote unquote, tough in some way. Yeah. If a part of your job is to be uh, assaulted by surprise animals. <laughs> <laughs> right multiple times a day so anyway <laughs> cliff clavin is is my honest first association yeah uh, in the large cultural sense and then i start going to like what are my actual life experiences yeah yeah absolutely yeah and it, i find it funny just thinking about what you just said that so many of my my instant like big picture responses are so positive uh, because I don't want to sound all Pollyanna-ish, I I do get annoyed with the mail and the post office and our particular mail carrier loving to bend things since they do not bend um, <laughs> all the time. Like at least, if not once a month, um, if not once a week, once once a month. So um, just to, it's a full range of emotions, but I still firmly believe in it. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe that's part of it, too, of like, um, and I don't need to dwell on it, but, you know, obviously within our lifetime, there's the whole going postal phrase and Mm -hmm. and the stereotype that the post office, working at the post office leads to violence. Um, But I think there is something in that, uh, that feeling of like, what, it's the post office, the institution is venerated, but the people inside it are just sort of feel like, well, they're people. They're doing a job. They're doing a hard job. And sometimes, like, people have a great relationship with, like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, my my uh, male person who drops off the mail, I've known them for 20 years, and they know my kids' birthdays. And, like, sometimes people have a relationship with that, like that. And then sometimes, it's like, ah, today's the grumpy guy who bends the mail. Mm-hmm. And today, like, and, uh, you know, I've had times in post offices, you know, times in my life where I go to post offices regularly, and you'd be waiting in that line, like, I'm either going to get, the really cranky guy or the really friendly woman and mm-hmm. i hope i get this and then when i started working in retail uh at kinko's I, the the going postal sort of jokes like yeah no it's really hard to deal with the constant flood of the public but all that is to say like i think there's something fascinating in that like uh, that 
even for those of us who sort of venerate the institution, mm-hmm. there's always been a little bit of a cultural honesty of like, it's a hard job that people do. Absolutely. And I think maybe that's also some of the kind of comedy that, that Cheers is dealing with with Cliff Clavin of there is a cultural, uh, I think in America, like the army is to be venerated, but also a soldier is venerated. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the post office, the post office is venerated. And then there's an honesty of like, but postal workers are human. Come on. But like sometimes <laughs> soldiers and police officers are are elevated mm-hmm. to this level in our culture. Yeah. Well, let's start elevating postal workers. Exactly. Except for the one who bends our mail. And it says, <laughs> do not bend all the time. Um, you touched on this. Do you think of a trip to the post office as a positive thing? And if so, why? <laughs> it, it varies. I mean... Once I'm there, there's something about it that I enjoy, but I often don't want to have to go there. Uh-huh. Um, and I, <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. Um, you know, sometimes it's, as, it's everything as varied as like the post office that I go to most often um, does have, you know, the grumpy person, the super nice person, you know, and it's, I get it, whatever. Like I've, I've worked in service and totally understand and will always be friendly and polite to any of them. Uh, but it's some people are more fun to interact with than others. Um, and that post office, actually, most of the people are, are really friendly, like to the point yeah. that I try to make sure I always felt the survey and be like, this is the best post office ever. Uh, but it's one that has a real fluctuation in line. So I've, I've gone there when I've gotten straight in and I've gone there when I've had to wait for an hour. Wow. And so it can just be a real big um, unknown force if you just don't know what you're what you're going to get into. Um, and now with the rise of the little machines that you can use, I often just use the machines, I do admit. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I don't I don't mind the going to the post. I guess when I think of it, it's it's usually more about like the the going to there rather than the being there. The being there I enjoy. OK, why do you enjoy being there? Is it because of the residual memory of the awesome post office of your childhood? Is it is there any sort of like sense memory of uh the smell of stamps in the morning (laughs) i think i just there's some i mean throughout my life thus far there have been a lot of different times where i've had to go to a lot of different post offices and i if i stop and think about it i find the mail and the fact that it works fascinating and amazing and a a thing that we should all spend more time contemplating (laughs) that this works uh so i think there's part of that of just the like i enjoy going and bringing something and often if I'm bringing something to be mailed it'll be like a a package or um, I need new stamps or something like that so it's it's often for me my experiences have been associated with positive things rather than mailing negative things Um, Mm. you know so I don't know if that's part of it but I think also part of it is just being there in a system that is working to do a honestly kind of an awesome thing yeah yeah okay so you are a little bit even when it's just like i'm stressed i've got a chore i need to complete there is that part of your brain that is still just sort of marveling at the process of it all yeah i would say it's a pretty deep subconscious level (laughs) um and also when i've gone and then i've made it through there's a thing i can check off on my to-do list yeah and that's huge especially if it's something like going to the post office because it's probably been on my to-do list for a few days yeah and so 
I do admit part of it is that um, bump from getting to chunk something off the to-do list. Yeah. You, you touched on a lot of fascinating things there, I think, <laughs> of the... I used to think about this for Kinko's. Again, mm-hmm. you know, working at Kinko's in downtown Minneapolis for several years and dealing with, you know, a lot of extremely stressed people. And I started to come to realize part of the reason people are often stressed at Kinko's is every once in a while, someone would be at Kinko's to make a thing, like... It, a zine or something and that mm-hmm. is the point that's mm-hmm. so they're going there to make a thing outside of that slim thing almost everyone who is coming to kinko's it was a part of the process of what they actually wanted it wasn't going to a place to get the thing you wanted it's like when you go to you know if you like shoes and you go to a shoe store and you buy shoes you got the thing you wanted if i go to toys r us when i could go to toys r us and bought a toy i got the thing I wanted. If I go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and I'm hungry, I get the thing I wanted. And both Kinko's and the post office, to me, are the place where, like, this isn't actually the thing I want. This is some crap I have to do in the process to get the thing I want or to fully check the thing off my to-do list, right? Yeah, interesting. If what you want to do is have your grandma get some cookies <laughs> that you bake for her, mm-hmm. that going to the post office is a part of the process to make the thing happen. It's not the thing. For you, that's how you see it? I think for a lot of people, I think yeah. that might be the frustration. Yeah. Because nobody is going there to go there. They are going there to for it to be a chain, a link in the chain of the thing they want to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I admit I kind of, I, I love, I mean, I want the thing checked off the to-do list, but it's also for me... Um, at least if I'm not in a grumpy mood, um, it's that like, yay, it's one step closer to getting this thing to a person that I want them to get this thing. Like it gives yeah. me uh, joy <laughs> to feel like I'm getting, you know, people's Christmas presents toward them or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it is an important part of the chain. And I, I, I think absolutely people can have joy. And I've definitely had joy from going to the post office just to check it off the to-do list because it's something that I needed to do or to feel like I've accomplished something Mm -hmm. uh, that I, yeah, I want, I needed to send, you know, uh, payment or, you know, of of something that I'm really happy to be paying off, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And go to the post office and, and, you know, hand it over and, you know, talk to the person very briefly and hope that I get one of the friendly people, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and actually have it accomplished. For sure, I've had that experience but i think sometimes i think that's might be why there is some level of of grumpy from people at the post office because it's just i the government needs some forms for me and i'm supposed to send them a certain way or you know whatever it is that i need to accomplish the thing and this is just like another hurdle yeah yeah and i feel like i i feel lucky that a lot of times you know the people around me in line often have very complicated things that they're trying to figure out, whether it is, you know, sending money or sending things overseas. And so when I can have like an easy, I just need to send this package and I hear the Wonder Woman stamps are in, do you have any? Like, that's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I have a mostly positive association for the post office because even with all of my uh, philosophizing about uh, how it's a link in the chain, for me in general, it is a place of accomplishment, even if it's just a, I need stamps. Or it is, yep, I'm not actually done with the thing I need to do, but here's another step Mm -hmm. uh, in the process. Uh, One of my main post office experiences was there's a post office uh, a block from Kinko's, 
And while I was working at Kinko's, I was doing the late night comedy show, Look Mono Pants. And at the time, it, I made postcards every month at Kinko's. I, you know, I designed them. I ran them past the other people in the show. Uh, then I printed them. I cut them. <laughs> I, uh, you know, we had a mailing list and I physically hand wrote <laughs> often the addresses uh, or printed them out and still, you know, stuck the labels on. But yeah. then a part of that whole process every month was going and getting like, you know, uh, 200 to 100 rolls of stamps. Yeah. And I remember always being in that line because I was there every month. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's a part, it was like paying the rent or, you know, making sure you had, uh, d- you know, cleaning supplies. It was just like, this is one of the things I do every month. Mm-hmm. And being in that line and sometimes I would get the real cranky person. And sometimes he would be happy because then he would remember that I'm the guy who just says, I would like two rolls <laughs> of 100 stamps and it wouldn't be a whole big like I got this form or here's the I, the, yeah. I can you I here's a glass send it I didn't I don't have it packed yet or like any of the headaches yeah that I just in that joy of like maybe today I'll be just not a headache for somebody else yeah so you you're you being there brought joy to one of the the workers there joy is <laughs> perhaps an exaggeration Brought a sigh of relief a for brief one customer. Moment of non-annoyance. <laughs> a respite. A respite, indeed. Hello, I would like some stamps and to provide you with respite, if I may. Honestly, yeah. if I could say that to people all the time, <laughs> I'd like some stamps and to provide you with some respite. <laughs> uh, so, what is something of vital importance you've relied on in the post office to receive or send? Because that's, uh, you know, a big part of what's going on with the slowdown of the mail. Of important things medicine is not being delivered um, yeah reading reports about it is it was standard for some like uh you know actual groceries and in uh, perishable things that are perishing yeah uh, people who buy crickets and things like those don't have a long shelf life and they ship by mail <laughs> yeah insane <laughs> yeah I mean, I've sent I or received. I mean, certainly money and and checks, especially pre pre paying things online. But that's a huge thing. Um, whether it's you know money that was that I was receiving and desperately needed, or money that I was sending to the IRS to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of like very important checks that go through the mail. Um, I do get prescriptions in the mail and. Uh, have been you know so far knock on wood nothing has been slowed down for us but that has been one of the things that has been on my mind um and then in terms of important things just like you know like if you send somebody uh you know like um christmas presents or birthday presents you know whether it's something you've bought or something you've made there you know family heirlooms that get sent through the mail i mean there's there how's that for lots of examples (laughs) (laughs) those are great examples very important things that have been sent and received through the mail yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it, it's almost when I think of it, it's almost always financial related. Like mm-hmm. I can remember a couple of times with uh, student loans where like I, I needed that check or I couldn't kind of continue Yeah. Uh, with my life. I couldn't, you know, pay for books. I couldn't, you know, keep actually doing college. Yeah. Uh, and the, just the utter relief of opening, you know, the mailbox and seeing that that check is there on the day I absolutely need it or else, uh, yeah, is is a huge power. I'm trying to remember all of the different um, shenanigans of when, but I think passport, I've had some mm. passport moments that were like 
uh, post office, please. <laughs> no, no rain, no sleet, <laughs> no gloom of night. This yeah. is, I, you know, I, I, through you know, no fault of my own. This is down to the wire kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, and that it has come through. You know, yeah, for that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, and, and just to go back for a moment to your marveling at the process. I need, we needed to send something uh, a couple weeks ago that was important to arrive quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, we paid for the next day. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, well, with, you know, everything that the post office is under, hopefully it will work. And I remember when you came home and then I, I got a confirmation very early the next day from somebody across the country that they had <laughs> <laughs> received it that I was literally like, but I know we paid for it, but how is that possible? <laughs> but that's how magic. You, like, I mean, the like the the how impressive the system is. Yeah. Because it was such like I get like, oh, we pay for first day and it goes on a plane. Like I get how how that works. But then I've been on a plane <laughs> across the country enough. And like, I know just to get my own human dumb body on a plane. And then it still takes the post office doesn't have. <laughs> secret jets you know they don't actually have green lantern core members <laughs> physically like i know how many hours that takes yeah and it still got there and it still got processed and it's like it, I mean, all while the post office is under horrific attack yeah it's really mind-boggling it really is isn't it it's um, it's amazing and if i may uh nerd out for a moment on Please. history um before air travel when air travel had started like the aeronautics um airplane industry had started but before air travel really became um a viable option for people for commercial the post office is one of the main things that supported the the like early airline industry wow yeah like that's part of what they've done is whether it's with highways or airlines and just think about people who live you know so far off kind of a beaten path and they still get mail and i just find that amazing yeah and get it like relatively fast yeah yeah that is it yeah it's bonkers Mm -hmm. yeah anyway um i I, well i actually i hadn't really thought about that i do have that little uh it's not something i dwell on but whenever we drive any place that is you know a winding around in the hollywood hills for some reason and there's like these tiny tiny roads that are you know that should not be two way but somehow they magically are mm. and like post office just one little lonely you know not a uh, personal mailbox you know somewhere in like this you know weird hard to access area or like you know when we drove from uh, Minneapolis to uh, Los Angeles and drove through lots of remote places and mm-hmm. every time i just kind of see a ma- mailbox like that is not on anyone's normal path <laughs> Except that mail carrier. Except that mail carrier. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so we talked about some of the sort of vital, important stuff. Uh, What are examples of like fun or joyful things that you have sent or received in the mail? We've talked a lot about the the speed and and the necessity, but let's talk about the joy. Oh, I mean, receiving mail, especially now (laughs) when we don't really get that many bills by mail because most of them come by email, mail is often... It's either junk mail or it's joyful mail. Yeah. And so whether it's, I mean, when I was little, I remember very much receiving, you know, cards from my grandmothers in the mail. And that was always a big deal. Or, um, you know, now certainly receiving presents uh, or (laughs) is fun, Um, you know, packages. 
being at college and, you know, receiving, you know, my, my mom would sometimes send me cookies when I was at college, which was very much appreciated. Um, so, you know, anything like that is, and to me, I think part of it with the mail is sometimes you're expecting things, but a lot of times it's kind of the unexpected. Mm-hmm. And I, that's a thing that I just do for myself. Treasure in life is the, I love the expected joy, but I also love the unexpected surprise of like, oh, well, isn't that a nice thing? Um, and I feel like the mail is a, a wonderful opportunity for unexpected joy. Yeah, yeah. So cookies? <laughs> <laughs> cookies? Cards? Cookies? Cards? Are there any specific memories? Like, I, 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 that all makes sense in a big general uh, sense. But are there any moments in particular where you got like a message from somebody you weren't expecting or something you had really been waiting for or, you know, uh, cookies on a day you really needed cookies. Is there any specific <laughs> memory that jumps to mind? Um, yeah. So I had, and this is one that's kind of, uh, I think I had moved and it somehow got forwarded. I have over the years had a few various pen pals and I had a pen pal that, um, had, I'd kind of lost contact with and she lived in France and, she, I hadn't heard from her probably for like a year or two. And I think I had moved and I think she had moved. So I was kind of the one of those like, eh, this is unfortunate. And it was um, pre-social media. So it wasn't like there were other ways to interact. And I don't think we had each other's email addresses. And, um, and or maybe it was pre-email for us at least. And, uh, and I remember one day out of the blue getting a postcard from her that had somehow been like she had written the address wrong, but had somehow been forwarded to me at the correct address. And just that feeling of somebody that I thought I had lost contact with forever, mm-hmm. um, being able to hear from her again was really uh, wonderful and special. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hadn't really been thinking about that, but the um, I've been thinking about the general uh, yeah, getting getting you know handwritten messages. Which, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, but I forgot about getting these specific postcards in this time of my life. Uh, so I went to the University of Minnesota for college, which in general is kind of it, it is big, and I didn't live on campus, so it's harder to kind of make those bubbles of friends. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of kind of snarky, like you don't unless you live on campus, you don't really make friends and. I, I kind of got to know some people here or there that I had a couple of classes with, but otherwise it was friends that carried over from high school or uh, people that I did theater with that I would be seeing outside of college anyway. Uh, but I made one friend just in the total normal, like, hey, we happened to sit next to one another in a class and we chatted and it and we became friends and hung out and we're still Facebook friends. Uh, but I believe her father worked for an airline mm-hmm. and she was like just an ardent traveler like uh, i am all about travel and like yeah. sometimes it'd just be like i've i've planned this travel i'm gonna do it or like i'm gonna ask my dad what flight he can get me on mm-hmm. this weekend uh and she would send me postcards and this oh, is fun. you know at a time in my life where i was extremely eager uh to get out into the world and see things and getting those uh postcards from this sort of friend that i treasured because uh, we had become friends in a environment that it was difficult to become friends mm-hmm. with people. And then to just kind of get these uh, little little pictures of the world and handwritten fun messages, it was like this peek out into the much larger world that I really needed at that time in my life. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Um, I think one of the other joyful memories 
that popped in mind partially because I think it is uh, it's certainly a joke on on Cheers where you know Cliff uh, walks in in misery and you know the people at the bar are like ah, Sears catalog day <laughs> Cliff's like yeah uh, and the but I remember as a kid the Sears catalog was just massive oh yeah when that showed I mean physically and emotionally but the big thing for me again the male sort of providing this peek into the larger world. Uh, a lot of it would be like, I don't care about hand saws or drills or God, washer dryers. So boring. I don't care. Flannel shirts. Who cares? And flip to the toy section. Mm-hmm. And that there was no other. That was my world into seeing all of the the toys. That's sometimes how I knew that certain toys existed mm-hmm. for Star Wars because they would. I wouldn't see them on the shelves, or they would be because I didn't have the right stores at the place I was living at that time or, or those toys would sell out. And so, like, I don't think I ever maybe ordered some toys from this year's catalog, but it was more just like this window into they exist. <laughs> they're real. Uh, they're not just dreams of what if they made that action figure. It's like, no, it's right there. It's yeah. real. It's in this year's catalog. <laughs> yeah, I had totally forgotten about that. I don't remember, honestly, if it was the Sears catalog might have been I feel like for a few years but again when I was fairly young around November I think it was Target would put out their toy catalog for the for the Christmas season basically yeah and I remember anxiously sitting like as soon as it arrived sitting down on the floor (laughs) uh you know and I was probably about seven or eight and just like paging through the entire thing and my brother and I would like look through it and see what was there because again like yeah we didn't have all of the stores we didn't have those things weren't necessarily in the stores we went to and it, it, it you didn't was... get alerts on your smartphones at the time <laughs> <laughs> you know my wooden smartphone <laughs> uh did not yet get alerts um yeah yeah that's wow i'd totally forgotten about that memory yeah i also think i got my first camera by the mail oh really yeah i got one of those like i, th- I can't remember if it was through um like you could um, sell things in school and then, you know, send in through the catalog. And it, it was one of those like uh, 110 where it was truly just like a little tiny um, plastic box that okay. was um, maybe uh, a third the size of a current smartphone. And you put the little 110 film in it and it stuck out the side. And the viewfinder was just a plastic opening that didn't have anything in it. You just flipped it up. Like it was rudimentary, rudimentary. But I remember sending off for it yeah. and having my first camera arrive in the mail. Oh, wow. Um, and that was that was that is another amazing thing that came in the mail. And that is, you know, sort of uh, from a thematic perspective, yet another uh, an ability to view the world in a different way that came flying to you through the mail. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, I want to talk about handwritten letters. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're lucky to have some friends who send us postcards every once in a while. And uh, I've gotten a couple of really nice uh, letters or cards from people during the pandemic. Uh, I think partially because even before the full attack started, there was concern about the post office. Mm-hmm. How can we help it? Um, and also, I think people really explicitly wanting, I want to stay connected and it feels you know, nice and intimate and a good way to uh, celebrate and support the post office to actually just send a handwritten card or letter. What do you think the power of that is to get something handwritten? Mm -hmm. What is the power of that? I mean, intimacy is an easy word to say, but 
Is that it? Is there more to it? How do you feel about it? Oh, I have so many thoughts and it's, um, I think so in our, in our now times, I think there's, you know, a combination of that, like, because this isn't the way we have to communicate, um, because most of us can email or text or social media or, Hey, call, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, it's not, it feels like an extra gesture, like a special gesture, um, especially if it's just a like, hey, I'm thinking of you card or trying to write letters now because of our times and find different ways to connect. And that feeling of connection, I don't know, in some ways, it just it feels like a little bit of a of a deeper connection. I, it's uh, I, I'm trying to find the right words for it. and I'm not really finding them, but it just it. It's it's really that feeling that somebody did something to reach out and it's like that extra level of gratitude for that. Yeah. Um, and often like with some of the postcards, if they're, you know, or cards, if they're fun or funny, like there's that joy and there's that extra, you know, tongue in cheek joy with uh, postcards of how many people have read this along the way, <laughs> um, which is, you know, kind of fun. And I think a lot of people are sending postcards on purpose with that intent right now of like, okay. Yeah, I'm going to put this and like also put a giant like save the post office and <laughs> in it and something like that. Um, so from a current standpoint, that's absolutely how I absolutely how I feel about it. <laughs> absolutely how I feel about things that I can't put into words. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. I think what I'm hearing and please correct me if I'm wrong, that it isn't just the like, oh, you see the person's handwriting. There's something about the time taken, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The time, the effort, they found the card or the postcard, they dropped it in the mail. Um, I, I don't, we do not have a, we are not able to leave mail to be picked up here in our, you know, apartment building where we live. So it's not like everybody can just put mail and when stick up the flag, like there's often people have to go somewhere to mail something, um, even if it's a walk to the local little blue uh, post box so there's that still there it is we checked um and i mailed something there earlier this week um yeah so yeah i think it's the extra the extra effort and honestly i mean i love the idea of writing cards and postcards but because it's not the thing that we do a lot and if there's not a specific reason for it to me there's also and maybe this is um you know because i haven't been doing it as much so out of practice but they're like okay so I really want to do this. What do I say? <laughs> so there's also that element of like, oh, somebody not only took the time to write it, but that they took the time to think about what to say or just to write what they were feeling that day. And um, yeah. Yeah. I think when I really take a big step back, I think letter writing, particularly like in my late teens, early 20s, is like some of my uh, early creative writing mm. uh, because I would think about, I want to, I don't want to have one of those <laughs> bland letters or postcards that's just like, here's what I did today thinking of you. Bye. Like, I wanted to say fun things. I wanted to say weird things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a young, uh, weird uh, guy. I'm still a weird guy, just not young. Um, yeah. So I think that there is something about the time taken and not just like, oh, it's going to take me longer to write this out than type it. It's not, <laughs> that's true. But then it's also what you're talking about, which is that, oh, I'm going to stop and really, really think about what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Like time evolves, communication evolves. I'm not complaining about it. Um, I did back in the day, one of my first papers for college, this is really going to date me, was complaining about email. Like the, the assignment was, oh, really? 
The assignment was like, talk about a disruptive technology. Uh huh. And I wrote, I think it was my very first paper. And I wrote uh, a thing, uh, you know, against email. Because at the time, email was much more like, it is mail, but electronic. It wasn't just, yes, yeah, see you at noon. Got it. You know, it was, I want to communicate with some, you know. Anyway. Yeah. And it was better because it was faster. Uh, but there was still that sense of you're writing a missive, right? Oh, and yeah. I, you know, my this paper is really funny about like, you know, through an email, you can't see, you know, the the pressure somebody applied to the paper where they upset, you know, like, is their handwriting getting sloppy? Like, uh, you can you <laughs> smell anything through an email? Like, and now, like, thank- do they cry? Are there tears? <laughs> yeah. Like, thank God you can't smell anything through an email uh, or see actual tears <laughs> absorbed into the. Yeah, I think I actually did include the tears uh, as well. So, um but yeah, like I, now, like uh, yeah, of course, uh, time evolves, uh, communication styles evolve, all that. But particularly now, when email has gotten to the point where uh, nobody even wants to use that because that's the old fuddy-duddy, too much communication, uh, and even that has a uh, you know, a Gmail now has all of the auto responses to choose from, which is so cold and inhuman. Of mm-hmm. like the three, got it, thanks. No, I can't make it. Like at the bottom of every email, when it has gotten that you know, mechanical and rigid. Yeah. It, right now to stop and go, what do I want to say? How do I want to say it is really powerful, that contrast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll admit, like, I have meant since basically one month into Safer at Home to send a lot more cards and postcards to um, to friends. And I have managed to send some, but not as many as I want. And it is often the... Okay, I need to stop and figure out what I want to say that has stopped me. So yeah, maybe this no. will inspire me to send another round out. Yeah, no, I'm a big hypocrite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to get them, and I haven't sent them. I think there is that romantic connection to both the reality of the past and the kind of the joke of the past. Like uh, it, it, the contrast in the way we communicate is so funny to like to the cultural stereotype of the Civil War letter, right? of your writing you know or the the dear john letter that you know all relationships (laughs) were processed over mail uh even down to just like sort of the image of like candlelight and then like oh after we watched hamilton i was reading about like you know hamilton's letters back and forth they're like there's a huge amount of information in them because those he wrote short stories he wrote (laughs) novels of open-hearted communication and i think there's just a romance to that of like is it, are you actually uh, opening up some more deeper reserves of emotional honesty mm-hmm. just by the process of sitting down thinking about what I really want to say and writing out, you know? Yeah. Long form. Well, maybe we'll need to, we'll have to turn off all the lights, light a candle. Absolutely. We got to light some candles <laughs> and we'll get our inkwell and our feather and it will be great. Did you ever conduct any important relationship business through the post office? <laughs> that is such a formally worded question, my it, dear. Indeed it is. <laughs> um, gosh. I mean, you and I sent one another a few like messages in the mail when you were in London and I wasn't yeah. able to join you yet. Yeah. Absolutely. So we did send a couple things back and forth. Yeah. And I I'm sure that I sent, you know, letters back and forth. I studied in Edinburgh as an undergrad, um, and had a boyfriend at the time who was 
not there. And so (laughs) (laughs) I am sure that I sent letters back and forth, but it was probably mainly emails. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, That makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I've never like broken up with somebody via the post or on a postcard or something dramatic like that. Yeah. That I can remember. Okay. Yeah. Because just I sit and think about it. Yeah. I broke off a friendship once. Really? Yeah. And that was like definitely like one of those like, uh, you know, gut checks, like, you know, right when I'm about to drop it in the in the post office box. It's like, is this the right thing to do? Yeah. And, and I think it has been yeah. for the most part. Um, yeah. But also just, yeah, just some like, hey, you know, we need to really air things out. You know, here's, you know, here's what happened. You know, I, I am, you know, I've apologized to the mail is what I'm wrestling to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a couple of like important uh emotional things yeah 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 that's great yeah yeah Good for you uh not a lot of that going on right now because you know you and i communicate emotionally through a podcast we do we do <laughs> once a week <laughs> that's it yeah. for emotional communication <laughs> joking and i think actually that's one of the weird things now about sending especially with somebody that you're in a lot of communication with is you want to write a letter that means something and maybe you want to say something important but like even when i think about um you know, when I was in London and before you were able to come join me, is if I wrote something really important in a letter, I was probably going to talk to you um, via Skype or email with you before that. So I didn't want it to be like five days later, you receive this important information I've kept from you. So it's it makes it it's that weird, like, how do we still keep them important with somebody we communicate with regularly? Yes. Um, so maybe that is a part of the romance of like, it is the communication yeah, I've gotten some really nice messages from friends that I'm friends with on Facebook, but they are choosing to have this form of communication. Yeah. You know, uh, it, but but it evokes this sort of like this is the only way we can possibly communicate. You know. Yeah, and it's it's really fun with people who we aren't seeing because of this time. Right. And so it does evoke that because we're not seeing them. But um, yeah, yeah, very interesting. Let's talk about stamps. Stamps. Uh, how do you feel about stamp collecting? Do you have a favorite set of stamps? What are what are the uh, cultural associations and life memories there? Yeah. So I I really am. I have a, a tiny accidental stamp collection now. <laughs> uh, I I honestly didn't think a lot about it when I you know when I was little, like when I was a kid. I did very specifically write letters um, to my grandmothers. Um, my grandfathers had both passed away by the time I was old enough to write my own letters. So um, I very specifically wrote letters to them. And so I wanted the pretty stamps. Mm. And so whatever it was at the time, usually flowers or something was what my parents would have. So I would remember those. Um, I remember my grandmother had a roll of one cent stamps. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever because I <laughs> didn't really realize you could buy them to back in the pre forever stamp days and you had to like have the correct postage um but i think that she had them left over from when mail was a penny for a postcard (laughs) uh and so that was pretty cool to me um but then as i've gotten older i really have started to think a lot about the stamps that i purchase and like every once in a while i have to buy whatever stamps they have because i need stamps and uh then i try to you know use those for bills but i try to be like oh i really like the you know i still honestly buy a lot of the flower stamps because i like those but like i made a point to buy the earth day stamps because Mm. i wanted to support that and 
the Wonder Woman stamps I mentioned earlier, I made a point to buy. And that one I actually did make a point to buy two so that I could save one because I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and I am making a point uh, this weekend to put in my order for the 19th Amendment stamps. That, oh, yeah. Um, that came out about earlier this week uh, or last week. So, um, yeah. So I think now I both and I think about it a little bit in terms of what mail am I sending and, you know, do I put a stamp on that I think they'll like, that I'll like, that goes with the ink I've used to write on the envelope, that I'm trying to send a message. Like there's, yeah, I, I clearly put a lot of thought now into my stamp use. And sometimes it's just like, okay, that's a pretty power I have. So that's the stamp you get. Yeah. So yeah, obviously you, you've done great things with stamps. <laughs> and, like, because you have gone and, and bought like two of, I think, some Star Trek stamps and some Star Wars stamps and things that have come out uh, in our relationship together where it is just one of those kind things of you like them, but you also know that I will like them and just surprise come home with something, you know, really nice, uh, which I really appreciate. Um, how do you feel about stamp collecting? Like if you had to have a new hobby. Mm-hmm. Is it, it's aesthetic. It celebrates specific things, but it also has such a sense of history. Mm-hmm. Would you enjoy stamp collecting? I'm not sure. I, as I've, I'm, I'm not a huge collector. Yeah. I think if it were like, oh, these are really special. Like these, I, I think collecting things that have a, a personal meaning to me or to you or to other people, you know, that we're close to like, Oh, I really want these stamps because, because it's a cool thing. Like, honestly, I did buy the f- first man on the moon stamps and am torn about whether to use them or keep them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I do have a little bit of that, but, um, but in terms of like full fledged hobby, I think there's also so many layers of it. Is it, do you try to collect the full sheets or do you try to collect, rare stamps that have been used and like there's so many like i think going into it for the monetary side is not probably where i'm headed but who knows let's chat in 20 years yeah yeah all right um yeah i think stamp collecting is one of those things that can be just an easy joke Mm -hmm. uh but it is also one of those things of like yeah i could never start because i already have (laughs) (laughs) too many things that i like to collect it is Mm -hmm. dangerous um, I really like the Wonder Woman stamps. Like it, it's always great when there's something in pop culture I like that they're making uh, stamps up. But the actual collection of Wonder Woman ones that came out recently are actually like aesthetically great and yeah. cover her her history in a really great way. And uh, I was trying to refresh my memory. I googled it. I know we have it somewhere. The there was a sheet of stamps that came up for the 30th anniversary of Star Wars, um, it, and that's really great. There's a stamp on there that it, there's many characters across the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, but there's one stamp that is uh, Luke and the twin sons looking out at the horizon. And for me, that like that image means a lot to me, but that really communicated what the what getting mail was like. For yeah. me, you know, in those times where I was like Luke on the moisture farm, like I'm really ready to go see the galaxy. So to get any piece of mail that reminded me like there is a big galaxy out there and you're going to get to be a part of it soon mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, is, is powerful to me uh, and represented in that stamp. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I forgot about those stamps. Yeah, thanks for buying them. Um, if you were on a stamp, what would you want to be doing on it? Ooh, oh, that's so fun. Um, <laughs> walking. <laughs> Delivering mail or just like a nice uh, healthy walking, big arm gestures? Yeah, I don't know, like walking or like on a path, on a path toward discovery, however that is 
portrayed by the stamp uh, artist. Okay. Okay. Path toward discovery. Uh, are you on a path toward discovery. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I picture you sort of walking toward the viewer on the stamp. <laughs> I'm coming. Here I was thinking like, you know, nice, nice scenic path, you know, like maybe uh, some ocean or some trees or something like okay, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I like that. That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah. I think I want to be collecting stamps on a stamp because I can't <laughs> collect stamps in real life. I'd like to do it on a stamp and then I'd collect that stamp of me collecting stamps. Uh, as we're beginning to wrap up our conversation here, uh, wrote down some resources if people are concerned about the post office and want to help. Uh, there is just the uh, the actual uh, Postal Workers Union. You can go to apwu.org, and they have a section that's right there on uh, the front of the website uh, with information from them, the actual workers, about what they uh, would like and need. Uh, there is a great service, I think, in general, ResistBot, that you can text. I believe you can uh, tweet at it as well. Uh, you can just text USPS to 50409, and you don't have to do anything else. It just automatically lets all of your reps know uh, that you would like them to do as much as possible to support and defend uh, the post office. This is so fast and so easy to do. Uh, I accidentally did it twice. <laughs> and ResistBot <laughs> responded, you already did this. Is there anything that you wanted, knew that you wanted to say to your reps? <laughs> uh, but that's such a quick, easy thing to do to just like add up the numbers of like, no, the, the people... This yeah. is a priority for the people. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to shout out, because it is the letter writing that I'm going to be doing, is there is a, an organization called Vote Forward. And what this is, is you uh, sign up for addresses uh, and you print out a straightforward form letter. But then there's room for you to add a personal thought about, about why voting is personal to you. It is uh, targeted, researched. Uh, there's a bunch of research on their website of just getting a, and this goes to what we've been talking about mail, to get somebody who has voted in some elections but not others, to get a personal message from someone that's in its, uh, it's not partisan. Mm-hmm. It is just encouraging people to use the power that they have to vote. So like I write a little message about how to me it's it's my power and I don't want anyone to stop me from using my power and that's why I vote. And it's just a little encouragement and it works they mm-hmm. have data that it works it's so fantastic um, and and maybe it gets back to that it is the power of the personal it's the power of some other american that i've never met <laughs> took the time to hand write this i was on the fence but maybe i'll do it and it mm-hmm. seems to work so that is a uh, vote forward it is uh, their website is vote then fwd.org all right uh noise to sum up what kind of noise do you have for your uh, interest <laughs> level in the post office? Whoosh, 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 whoosh. Is that, uh, is that... the mail being sorted? Okay. <laughs> now it's a person walking. Okay, nice, nice. I like that Those a lot. Sounded pretty similar, but but yeah, but it could be you on the stamp walking. <laughs> i like it i like it a lot all right let's uh rate our obsession level on a scale of one to ten one being the lowest ten being the highest where would you put yourself yeah i'm gonna put myself pretty high i think for this one um, (laughs) because i think it's um it's an obsession that goes up and down but a thing that i had totally forgotten that i have remembered while we've been talking is there was a time in high school where i considered 
uh, that maybe what I wanted to do in life was become a mail carrier. Really? Yes. Yeah. I had totally forgotten about that. Because you that. get to be outside, it's healthy walking, and it is and, just sort of uh, pure. And you're delivering the mail to people, and I, I just, I don't think I thought a lot about it. I think I told my friends, and they're like, Sarah, you sure? <laughs> That's right when going postal was a thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, but I like was seriously like, but there are some parts of it that seemed really appealing to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and rate myself an eight. Ooh, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. Uh, I think I'm going to put myself at a six. I think that's fair. Because I think my obsession is more uh, more than anything about kind of uh, forms of communication. Mm-hmm. And then uh, righteous fury. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's uh, happening right now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. that's, I think that's a, an honest level of obsession. Yeah, I think that sounds good. Okay, good, good. Also, yeah. Anyway, no, never mind. We're going to move on <laughs> to some uh, some quick plugs uh, before our final questions. Sarah, where can people find you where you want to be found? <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter these days at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw. Excellent, excellent. And quick plugs uh, for this very show in myself you can follow me on twitter and instagram is at joseph scrimshaw you can follow obsessed podcast on twitter and facebook is at obsessed podcast you can also check out the star wars podcast i co-host that is called force center for info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff you can check out my website at joseph you can support obsessed by backing us on patreon full info on that go to patreon.com slash joseph scrimshaw and for many other great resources to help people in these trying times you can check out a lot of great resources at blacklivesmatter.com all right final questions sarah if you could shoot fireballs out of your hand and choose the color what color would your fireballs be Ooh, green <laughs> green why um because then they aren't confused with regular fire and it just sounds kind of fun yeah okay mm-hmm. i like that i can yeah, green fireballs are magic right yeah, right red like fireballs are actual fire are fire and scary but green fireballs you're like oh what's that yeah. <laughs> Let me learn about this. It might burn me or turn me into a flower. Who knows? Right? Green fireballs are magic. Uh, if cute animated animals were going to do chores around our apartment, what kind of animal would you want it to be? A chipmunk. A chipmunk? Wow. Why? I mean, they're pretty close to cute animated animals already. <laughs> no, not animated, but they're yeah. very cute. Um, I don't know. It's, it's small and... It, it just jumped into my head. It, chipmunks just flew out, right? That's right. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And as always, the final question on the podcast is, what is happiness? Happiness is knowing your mail is going to be delivered. That is a great answer. Thank you very much. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. One other positive association that I have with the post office is both from a movie, and then I got to be in a children's theater play version of the movie, and they're both joyful, and it's Miracle on 34th Street. uh, That I just absolutely love, of course, the power of the mail being the uh, the deciding factor uh, of of the victory of that film. And, you know, when you go on Twitter and you look for gifts of the post office, which I have, uh, that's one of the big ones that comes up, just that huge flood of mail coming in on the, the judge's desk. And it's just like 
that in of itself is a symbol of the sort of the power of the people and the institution of the post office. Uh, and when I was doing a uh, children's theater play version of it, it was great fun. Uh, the show had be, been kind of compressed. So like almost every bad guy was kind of mixed into one character and I got to play the bad guy. <laughs> so I got to rant and rail and be defeated by uh, the post office. But then because it was a small production, I uh, also played uh, the uh, a postal worker uh, who was having discussion with another postal worker. And the way it was staged, uh, my friend uh, Timmy Ren, who was playing Santa Claus, needed to also play a postal worker, but he couldn't change out of his Santa costume. So he was behind a flat, and I was on stage pretending to be a postal worker, and then he just had his hand stuck out with his <laughs> Santa suit rolled up and gesticulating <laughs> as another postal employee. This is a, a joyful memory to, uh, to be a postal employee making a difference.